guys, welcome to another episode of the Nihongo Master Podcast. I'm your host Azra, and we've come to the final episode of Season 7. If you have stuck with us since the first episode, you would have realized that this season only lasted for a month, unlike our other seasons where it goes on for two months. We're trying a bit of a new flow here, by going a bit more in-depth into a specific category of the Japanese culture, but not too in-depth that it takes a dozen episodes to cover. Season 7 looks at festivals. And as we all know, Matsuri is a huge part of the Nihon culture. We look at school festivals in episode 3, regional festivals in episode 7, and even Japanese festivals outside of Japan in episode 5. Our finale episode is going to look at nationwide Japanese festivals, where specific types of Matsuri happen all throughout the country. Although I have to admit, regional festivals are much more abundant. But that doesn't mean that nationwide ones are less superior. In fact, some of them are quite the show. So for today's finale episode, we split the Matsuri into three parts. Seasonal festivals, festivals for kids, and spiritual or cultural festivals. Be sure to have your notebooks ready as we'll be dropping some useful vocabulary words. Are you ready? The first category of nationwide Japanese Matsuri is, of course, the seasonal festivals. We've talked a bit about this in the first episode of Season 7. The Japanese, they party hard when it comes to the four seasons. If you're an OG and you've been here from the very start, or if you've tuned in to our second episode of the first season, you'd know we cover the four culturally significant festivals in Japan based on the seasons. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, you might want to pause this episode and listen to that one first. But anyway, we'll be dropping the names of those festivals in this episode too, just not too in detail. I'm bringing this up because the most significant and popular seasonal matsuri in Japan is the Hanami. This translates to flower viewing, where Hana means flower. While Hanami is arguably the most important activity of Japanese spring, it isn't exactly one specific matsuri. It's more of an event that takes place over the span of the time when the sakura, cherry blossoms, are in full bloom. You throw down a mat, get a couple of cans and bento boxes, and have a picnic under the pale pink blooms. Certain places do have street stalls set up during the time, selling sakura-themed snacks and drinks, making it like a proper matsuri. See, I can go on and on about this, but I have limited time and there are other seasonal festivals I gotta talk about. So if you want to know more about the seasonal matsuri, give our season 1 episode 2 a listen. And while hanami is the activity to do in spring, there's a similar matsuri in autumn, known as momijigari. This comes from the word momiji, to mean red leaves or maple tree, and kari to mean hunting. So when you put it together, you get red leaves hunting? Can you already guess what it's about? So, momijigari is the Japanese tradition of visiting scenic areas where autumn leaves are prominent. This includes Kyoto, Hakone, Nikko. I've done this autumn leaves hunting without even knowing it's a thing. There's another word for this, called koyo, which refers more to the colours of the leaves. But anyway, in Hokkaido, the autumn version of hanami is called kanpukai, where people get together to view the leaves together. Now, our third seasonal festival we're going to highlight is the Setsubun, which is the first day of spring according to the lunar calendar. This one tends to take place in February, so technically it's more like winter. Anyway, Setsubun is an age-old tradition of mamemaki ceremonies, where beans are thrown to drive evil spirits away. Originally though, it's a festival practice to prepare for the first season of the new year, which is spring. Usually, mamemaki ceremonies happen at almost every shrine and temple in some form, and you get crowds of people doing it at the same time, chanting, Oni wa soto, fuku wa uchi, demons get out, good fortunes come in. Some families who don't go to shrines often celebrate this festival at home, 
Some of my Japanese friends told me that when they were little, their dads would dress up as a demon with an oni mask and they would throw beans at the dad. So whether it's appreciating the nature of the seasons to preparing for the next one, Japan loves their seasonal matsuris. Here's a quick vocab recap. Hanami, flower viewing. Hana, flower. Sakura, cherry blossoms. Momijigari, autumn leaves hunting. Momiji, red leaves. Kari, hunting. Koyo, colors of autumn leaves. Kanpukai, what they call koyo in Hokkaido, but referring more to getting together to view the leaves. Satsubun, the day before the beginning of spring in old Japanese calendar. Mamemaki, bean throwing ceremony. We're moving on to our second category of nationwide festivals, and that's festivals for kids. The Japanese believe that the growth of kids is important, and each milestone should be celebrated. I couldn't agree more. One of the most significant ones is the Shichigo-san, which literally translates to 753. This matsuri celebrates kids when they reach the ages of 3, 5, and 7. Dating back to centuries ago, this celebration came about because back in the day, infant mortality was high. The chances of survival before 7 was slim, so they came up with marking rites of passage. Children get their hair cut for the first time at the age of 3, boys wear their first hakama at the age of 5, and kids are considered to be truly part of family at the age of 7. Of course, now times have changed, but the tradition stuck around. Families would visit shrines in November, with kids all dolled up in kimono and hakama, and pray, and pray for good health. Moving on, there's the Joshi no Seku, which is called the Dolls Festival, taking place in early March. It can also sometimes be called Momo no Seku or Peach Festival, and also Hinamatsuri, Girls Festival. This festival originated from the Heian period, at the time where the nobles offered court figurines to the imperial couple to protect them from evil spirits. Nowadays, dolls are on display in the houses of little girls to keep them from bad luck and pray for good health. A similar festival but for boys is the Tango no Seku. Tango no Seku is now also known as Kodomo no Hi, Children's Day. Instead of dolls, warriors are on display. There are also carp kites known as Koinobori on display outside houses. One for dad, one for mom, and one for each kid in the house. Usually this happens in early summer and is also to pray for boys' growth and health. Now, all this celebration is during the kids' young ages. What about when they turn into adults? Yep, there's one called Seijin Shiki or Seijin no Hi, coming of age day. This matsuri dates back to the 7th century as a Shinto ceremony. It falls annually on the second Monday of January, and people who turn 20 that year can celebrate their, well, coming of age. They're invited to the neighborhood town hall to listen to a speech, then visit local shrines to pray for a good adulthood. These new adults are all dressed in furisode for the girls and suits for the guys. Sometimes, guys can use hakama too, but nowadays, suits are the go-to. So, if you're a kid in Japan, you'll be celebrated almost all the time. All the way till you become an adult, and you have a proper send-off into the harsh world of adulthood. Uh-oh. Here's a quick vocab recap. Hakama, the traditional wear for Japanese guys. Kimono, literally translates to thing to wear, but refers to traditional Japanese wear. Furisode, long-sleeve formal kimono for women who aren't married. Joshi, doll. Hinamatsuri, girls' day. Sekku, seasonal festivals.
koi nobori, carp kites. By the way, if you haven't checked out our official website yet, why not give it a browse? At Nihongo Master, we offer efficient Japanese lessons that are quick, easy, and fun for Japanese language learners of all levels, from beginners to advanced. Our smart tools will assist you in areas where you need a little bit of a push and congratulate you on the ones you waste. With a community of over 50,000 Japanese students, you're not alone on your learning journey. Make new friends and improve together with our point system, collecting points as you go along. Ask away any questions you have on our group discussion pages. There's sure to be others as well as our Japanese instructors that are quick to answer. You can also take Nihongo Master with you on the go and learn Japanese as you trot the globe. Practical, right? Moving on to our third and final category, we'll be looking at spiritual or cultural festivals. There's a ton under this one, but we don't have the whole day, so I have to cut it short and only list four. I'm going to go straight into the biggest spiritual festival held in summer, Obon. We talked about this in the first season, episode two. Obon is one of the biggest annual matsuri in Japan. While this matsuri is not a national holiday, it's one that is still widely observed by the locals. It's a three to four day celebration from August 13th to August 16th every year. This Japanese summer festival is all about family, reflecting on one's family roots while welcoming back the ancestors' spirits to the world of the living. Obon is a little like Halloween. Plenty of old Japanese ghost stories are set during this time of year. But it's also like the Hungry Ghost Festivals in other parts of Asia, with a Japanese twist. The first day is the practice of Mukaebi, lighting welcome fires on the doorstep to guide the returning spirits home on the first day of the festival. There's also the custom of visiting family graves known as Ohakamairi. Some families will also decorate the altars with offerings like fruits, flowers, and sweets. The second and third days are for Kuyo, a tradition of holding a memorial service for the dead followed by a family traditional lunch of the Shojin Ryori cuisine, a fully vegetarian cuisine developed in the temples of Japan. The final day concludes the Obon festival with Okuribi, a ceremonial bonfire to send off the spirits. Ending of the Matsuri is with the Bonodori, a bond dance, where people dance around the big flame. Also at the end of Obon, floating lanterns are put into rivers, lakes and seas in order to guide the spirits back into their world. That's all I'm going to talk about Obon. There's more to know, and we go in-depth in Season 1, Episode 2. Another spiritual, but I'd also say seasonal, Matsuri is the Tsukimi, which translates to moon viewing. It's a traditional ceremony that expresses gratitude as well as pray for a successful seasonal harvest. Some believe that this Japanese festival dates as far back as the Nara period of 710 to 794 AD. Originally though, Tsukimi was a moon viewing party for the aristocratic elite. Now, during this autumn festival, some people visit shrines and burn incense, as well as making food offerings of their harvest to Shinto gods. Now, this festival includes tons of decoration and food. Decorations are quite important for Tsukimi, and the most common one is decorating a vase with susuki, or pampas grass, because it is believed to protect the area from evil and acts as an offering to the moon god. Dango, white dumplings, are often used for decoration as well as food. In fact, it's custom to eat them during this festive season. There's a special type of dango during Tsukimi, and that's Tsukimi dango. If you've heard of the man on the moon, the Japanese tale is slightly different. They say the pattern of the moon's craters look like an image of a rabbit pounding into mochi rice cake paste with a mallet. I told the full myth of it during season 1 episode 2. Give it a listen if you're interested. 
The next spiritual festival that's significant in Japan is the Tanabata, widely known as the Star Festival. Tanabata means evening of the 7th, so the festival is usually held on the 7th of July, sometimes in August for certain places, based on the ancient lunar calendar in Japan. The festival is based on a story where a couple became stars and could only meet once a year in the sky. Actually, there are a few versions to the story. Some say it's about stars Altar and Vega separated by the Milky Way, but were able to meet. Anyway, regardless of the origin story, the customs of this Matsuri is the same. Tanabata festivals consist of food stalls known as yatai, colorful kusudama, ornamental balls, made of paper floating in the wind, and bamboo branches in the streets where people can buy tanzaku or colored paper strips to write wishes on and hang it on these branches. Rest assured, it's like rainbows everywhere when this matsuri comes around. Did you know that Tanabata is also celebrated outside of Japan? Listen to our Season 7 Episode 5, Japanese Diaspora, to know more. And last but not least, without a doubt, the biggest national festival in Japan is the Oshogatsu, or Japanese New Year. This winter festival is something we all celebrate in our own various ways, but the Japanese have their own unique celebrations. The festivities start well before the 1st of January and run through January 7th or even January 15th for some regions. Most companies and businesses are usually closed from December 29th till January 4th. The traditions of Shogatsu are a combination of expressing gratitude for the past year and wishes for health and prosperity for the upcoming year. Many people travel back to their hometowns to spend time with family and loved ones. The most important practice of Shogatsu is Hatsumode. It refers to the first shrine or temple visit of the year to pray for good luck. The prayer involves providing an offering. Coins are tossed into offertory boxes. Then, visitors can draw a fortune paper. On January 2nd, the Imperial Palace is open to the public, the only one out of two days in the year. Visitors can pay respects to Japan's royal household, as well as to hear the emperor addressing the crowd of well-wishers. So, as you can see, there are a lot more spiritual festivals nationwide that go all out. I could honestly go on and on, but I've taken enough time for this section. Okay, let's wrap it all up with a quick vocab recap. Obon, the festival that honours the spirit of ancestors. Mukaebi, welcoming fires on the doorstep to guide the returning spirits home on the first day of the festival. Ohakamairi, custom of visiting graves. Kuyo, a tradition of holding a memorial service for the dead. Okuribi, a ceremonial bonfire to see off the spirits. Bon odori, bon dance. Tsukimi, moon viewing. Susuki, pampas grass. Dango, white dumplings. Tanabata, star festival. Yatai, food stalls. Kusudama, ornamental ball. Tanzaku, colored paper strips for making wishes. Shogatsu, new year. Hatsumode, first shrine or temple visit of the year. And with this concludes our Season 7 with the theme of festivals. How did you guys like it? There's so much we can learn from Matsuris in Japan that tell you about the country's culture, customs, beliefs and traditions, don't you think? Now that we've come to the end of our festival season, out of the ones we talked about, which one are you most willing to participate in? Tell us your thoughts by commenting on social media platforms. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Also, head over to Nyongo Master Blog if you're interested in reading about topics like these some more. 
And if you're keen on picking up some more Japanese for yourself, pop onto your official website, nihongomaster.com, to learn more. While you're at it, why not get yourself a subscription? Get a head start on your Nihongo journey with Nihongo Master. Thank you so much for listening in. Join me in the next season, where I'll be walking you down the avenue of Japan's rich culture. Mata ne!